This morning we're reading from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 14, beginning in verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Last Sunday morning, we started the investigation of this dialogue that Jesus is having with his disciple that John reports in chapters 13 through 17. On the very last night, he is with them in the flesh. It's a long discussion and dialogue where Jesus is trying to reveal on this last opportunity he has with his disciples who he is and what he's doing and what God is doing through him. But the disciples are struggling They're struggling to understand all that's going on here and how they're supposed to respond. They are not sure. John tells us all about it. Last week, we began reading in this conversation, and I suggested to you that Jesus is telling them about a spiritual reality that permeates the physical reality. But I also suggested to you that as you read through the Gospel of John, what you find in those who are listening to what Jesus says is that very often they're thinking of the physical plane alone and he's talking about a spiritual reality and they struggle to understand what he is saying and how it might impact them. I suggested further to you last week that in the washing of the feet, that Jesus did for his disciples, that what he was doing in that act was a paradox of kneeling down in the physical arena so as to move up or into the spiritual arena. That in this humble, self-giving act of going around the room and washing the feet of everyone there, that Jesus was portraying for them, embodying for them how the spiritual comes through the physical. And in fact, after he's finished, you remember, he says, I've set you an example that you ought to do what I have done for you, that you ought to love one another as I have loved you. 
this humble role of a servant or a slave, in this giving up of himself, this self-giving, self-sacrificing act, it's a foreshadowing to what's going to happen in the crucifixion, where again, he gives his life. He lays down his life in the crucifixion, but only to have it raised up again in the resurrection. At the end of the conversation where we were reading last week, Jesus finally says to the disciples, I am the way and the way to the Father. And we picked up our reading today in the very next verse as Philip says to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And then in verses 9 and 10, Jesus answers, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Do you not believe? That I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Jesus is pointing them toward this internal connection between the human and the divine, between the physical and the spiritual. He's trying to help them understand that they can have this spiritual connection with God just as He does. That if they will look and listen that they too can experience it. He says it again in verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. He wants these disciples to believe they can be connected to God in a very vital and dynamic way, but even if they won't believe him because of what he says, he says, believe it because you can see it. You can see God at work in me. Believe the works themselves, he says. And what were the works? Well, if you read through John, he tells about Jesus having this traveling ministry. And he goes about town to town, preaching and teaching and healing, doing some miracles. Those are the works but I would suggest to you that the very last work happened in the chapter just before where we read in chapter 13. The last work, I think, was when Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. That's one of the works he is talking about. And you can hear the echo of that foot washing and then the commandment that he shares with them as a new commandment to love one another right after that if we continue to read through this text look at verse 12 if you still have your bibles open very truly i tell you the one who believes in me will also do the works that i do and in fact will do greater works than these because i am going to the father and then if we skip to verse 15 he goes on to say if you love me you will keep my commandments. He seems to be saying is believe me, but don't just believe me, but you can do the works too. 
receive my love but don't just receive my love embody my love to others as well i can do these works because god is working through me believe that god can work through you and you too can do these kind of works believe that god will do this in you and through you but so often when christians get to this passage where it says that we can do greater works than Christ, we, we don't believe it or we skip over it or we skim right past it because it seems to be too big a promise. How possibly could we do more than Christ? Well, he gives the answer in the very next verse, in verse 16, even before the disciples can ask, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. What a great promise of the gospel. That God will be with you forever. But not only that, but that Jesus is praying for you and me continually. That we might have this experience of God alive in our lives just as he did. Do you hear the promise? God's power available to you forever. God's wisdom and guidance available to you forever. God's love available to you forever. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Can you receive that kind of good news can you embrace that kind of promise that god is with you just as god was with jesus and that god is with you forever and always see if you think this is a fair summary of what jesus is saying in in this part of john jesus shares i only say what the father tells me to say in fact, anything I do is because the Father is working through me. And you can do it too. Because I will ask the Father to help you. Can you hear Jesus saying that to you? Promising that to you for today and forever? caused me to think about a speaker i heard not too long ago he was talking about the spiritual life and at one point he got into how we use our time and manage our lives and manage our time based on spiritual principles he began to talk about these very passages that we're reading out of john and he says do you realize that jesus says he only talks about things that god tells him to talk about and he does things that god tells him to do and then he asked a very incisive question. I've put it in your outline. He said, what if you did like Jesus and only said what God told you to say? Now, he's talking to a bunch of preachers that day who like to talk. And he's saying, what if you only said what God told you to say? What if you only did what God told you to do? Would it change your life? I think it's an important question for all of us to ponder. 
in terms of how in touch we are with God and whether or not we're listening and responding to God working in our lives. Well, then it was just a few weeks later, I was at another seminar and I heard a different speaker. Now, she was talking about the life of the church and the liturgical calendar and how we follow the life of Jesus every year as we go through the liturgical calendar and we celebrate certain Sundays to remind us of certain times in the life of Jesus. And then she began to say that's how Christians tell time is by that liturgical calendar. It's not always the same as the way that our culture tells time. And then she asked a question that I found to be similar to the one I'd heard a few weeks before, but she phrased it a little bit differently. I put it in your outline as well. She asked this, has God given you enough time to do what you are supposed to do? So I'm thinking about my life as I'm hearing her speak, and I'm thinking about my to-do list. I keep an ongoing list of tasks, of things I need to do, and I never get to the end of day where it's all done. The list is always longer than the day, and I always have more ideas than I can bring to fruition, and even in the midst of some really big projects or ideas, I get other ideas. I put them on the list. So I'm sometimes a little bit frantic. I get in a little bit of a frenetic attitude and all of a sudden I am going 90 miles an hour trying to get everything done. And then she asks, has God given you enough time to do what you're supposed to do? And I begin to think maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I'm letting all these ideas get in the way. And I thought back to the question, the other speaker had said, what if you only said what God told you to say? And what if you only did what God told you to do? And I worked on that for a good long time. And then one, one morning in my devotional time, I was thinking and praying about this. I want to read you a couple of lines I wrote. It was April 8th. I said, it is a move from me doing God's will to me being the conduit for God's will to come through me. A shift from my energy doing the work to God's energy doing the work through me. It is a subtle yet significant shift. It's a difference from living on the physical plane alone to knowing we live on the physical plane, but that there's a spiritual presence that's trying to work in our lives, that there's a spiritual presence that's trying to flow through us. It makes a difference in how we live if we think we're doing this all on our own or if we believe that God's very presence and power is available to us and wants to live in us and work through us. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. Have you ever noticed 
how often we act like our parents. I was thinking about this, knowing Mother's Day was coming up. I remembered back early in my relationship with Mary, my wife, and she saw my cursive handwriting once. She noted how neat it was. I think she said something like, you write like a girl. <laughs> but then she saw my mother's handwriting, and oh, she knew who had taught me to write because my handwriting looks so, so very much like hers. The other day, my mom came by to see me at work. I have music usually playing in the background. She noticed the music. It's mostly soft piano, strings, instrumental kinds of music. She said, do you remember what music I listened to when you were a little boy? Before you ever went to school, you and I were home alone, and I was doing housework and chores, and you were there playing, and I had completely forgotten about it. As she began to talk about it, though, I flashed on it. It was Time Life Records. You ordered them in a set. They were classical masterpieces. You remember those vinyl LPs? Had like 50 of the world's greatest musical masterpieces of all time. She reminded me she played that music when I was this big. And now here I am sitting in my office working, playing the same kind of music. There's a connection sometimes that we miss. Sometimes we don't, we don't see it. My mom was a school teacher. She liked to keep the lesson plans she created. Her favorite subject, her love really, was American history. She has file after file about American history. If I ever have a question about American history, I know who to call, and she can give me the answer. But not only that, she can give me a couple of papers to read about it and a couple of lessons if I want to do an exercise. <laughs> now, remember, she's been retired probably 25 years from teaching. But if you go to her house, she has filing cabinet after filing cabinet full of files that she has saved. But guess who can't find enough room in his office for all the papers and files he wants to save? When I got to Boston Avenue a few years ago, I had to have Brenda Reed order a whole new file cabinet just to unpack the files I brought with me. And one wasn't enough. We had to order a second one for me finally to get unpacked. The nut doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> If you know me, you know something about my mother. And Jesus says to his disciples, if you know me, you know my father also. I bet every mother in here has had this experience. She's raising her child. And the child talks back or acts out. And she quickly goes to discipline that child. And as she is speaking, she says to herself, Oh my, I have become my mother. <laughs> That's what Jesus is trying to tell these disciples. There is a deeper relationship and connection that we do not always see but is just as surely alive and present as if we did see it. Jesus is trying to help these disciples understand that God is present to them and there's a spiritual reality alive in them and around them if they will just look and see. 
Jesus says it's true for his relationship with God the Father, and he says it's true for our relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit as well. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. Amen. And thanks be to God.